You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's C. Sparky, 5 or 1250 AM, The Fan, live here in beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Meteorologist said it was supposed to rain all day. And uh, it's not raining. So, so far, so good. We'll see if we can avoid some rain uh, today. We've avoided rain for the last month and a half or so. Uh, also joining us, Dwight Albright, uh, of course, at the Spare Time Pro Shop in beautiful New Berlin, Wisconsin. And Phil Brylo, $2 Phil. Uh, he, of course, uh, you know him. He's done stuff uh, over the course of time for the PBA Tour, uh, whether it be, uh, what was it, Extra Frame? He used to be the play-by-play oh, guy God. in Extra Frame. Yeah. Does all the streaming and video work uh, for the PBA Tour from time to time as well, plus does all the regionals, a lot of the regional stuff uh, around the country. Okay, so uh, after a, uh, a week off last week, and I took a week off of doing the Curtin Long podcast, talking Packers football with Ryan Horvath as well, as I was in Iowa uh, and then over by Kay's mom, um, we come back now to do this, uh, bowling podcast. Uh, and I was texting, uh, Dwight and Phil, and I put St. Louis, uh, on the video, but it's actually Iowa, not St. Louis. Iowa. Uh, yeah, it's Iowa. Uh, and we were in Iowa for a perfect game tournament, uh, at, uh, in Marion, Iowa. And that is right there by Cedar Rapids. Well, uh, it, where our hotel is and, the same, we've stayed at this hotel four times now. This is the hotel we always stay at. It's never the team hotel. For whatever reason, none of our teams ever stay here, but we love this place. It's an old uh, Best Western. It's called the Best Western Long Branch or something like that. Um, if you're going to uh, Iowa, if you're a travel parent of baseball and your baseball team is going there, uh, it's like 12 to 15 minutes maybe uh, from where the fields are. Um, and it's an older hotel. It's got a steakhouse. Uh, kind of right attached to it as part of it. Um, and then the perfect game, the the corporation has a like office and indoor space right there in the parking lot of this place. So if you want to get extra batting practice in, if you're there during the week and they're open during the week to have a pro shop, the whole deal. Uh, and then this place has like a skywalk that goes from the, where the hotel rooms are over to another building that has like a full on gym, almost like a gold's gym. I don't remember what their name is, but like a full on gym. They got a pool, whirlpool, big bar area. They got like old school, like video arcade games uh, in the area between the pool and the, and the bar, and the whole deal. So we've stayed there for like, I don't know, the last four or five times we've gone. But what we didn't realize this entire time was there was a place literally two minutes from this hotel called Spare Time, yeah. right? And we've driven by this little strip mall, and you see the sparkly lights, but we never even drove over there to see what it was. Well, then we were looking for somewhere to take the seven-year-old bowling because he seemingly – he told me the other day that bowling is his favorite sport. 
then baseball, then basketball, then football, then soccer, of all the sports that he plays. He loves bowling the best. Good. Fine. So we were trying to find somewhere for him to go bowling because we weren't there for him. We were there for the 16-year-old for baseball. So, okay, so we surprise him. We go over there. Man. <laughs> this spare time entertainment center, which I believe is a chain, right? It's a chain, Phil? Correct. Yeah, yeah. I think they're actually opening one up out in Madison. I think Jeff Nichols on yeah. 11th frame. By the end of the year. That. I found that out from this, these people in Iowa. They told me that. Uh, so I walk in. I was like, hey, man, I've never been here before. So, like, what's the deal? But as we walk in, you know, there's this huge arcade over to the left. To the right, there's a full bar and then like a pizza kitchen where they put out, you know, pieces of pizza. You could order a full pizza, whatever the case may be. And then straight ahead, I could, I kind of figured that's where the bowling lanes were. So I told the seven year old, I said, Hey, man, I said, go run up there, see what that is. And he's like, Where? I'm like, Straight ahead, just go run up the stairs. So he runs up the stairs and then he loses his mind when he sees that it's their bowling <laughs> lanes. Uh, but like in the arcade area, they have a laser tag place that you can play. And then straight ahead into the bowling area, uh, off to the left, they have escape rooms inside of this place as well. So you have an arcade, laser tag, escape rooms, bowling, a full bar with TVs, the whole deal, and uh, a pizza place. And they had like uh, ice cream sundaes for dessert and all this other stuff. And it wasn't just pizza. They made other stuff too. And I was just like, this is amazing. <laughs> the the lanes, um, real nice furniture, you know, uh, on the backside of them. And then on the front, they had the screens from the top of the pins to the ceiling type deal. Not not to the ceiling, but pretty much all the way up. And then above that, they had another TV above that one. So there was essentially two TVs on each lane. But the TVs going across the top was all promotional stuff. And then the TVs just right above the pins on the bottom, those were the sports TV or sporting events or whatever you wanted on your lane. And then they had the – when we got there, it was two hours – for $8 per person, I think it was $8, $9, something like that. Two hours, unlimited bowling, unlimited pizza. Wow. Um, and then you just had, I think you had to pay for your shoes. It was the only thing you had to pay for. Um, so, yeah, so we each had like four or five slices of pizza, bowl for a couple hours. They had, it was the glow bowl thing or whatever that they have, you know, the music blaring. Um, so I bowl. <laughs> It took me a couple of frames, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, "Holy crap, dude! These pins have strings on them." Mm-hmm. What? We were just talking about this on the podcast. Right. Hey, y'all! First of all, they better not do this on the PBA on TV. Like, no, it's they, they, this better not happen on TV because unless they get technology, maybe it'll get better. But there were several times where the pins just like literally fell. They all just yeah. go falling down, uh, and then they go up. And they go to put them down, and other pits fall next to them. And it goes back up, and it comes back down and tries to figure it out. And I was just like, okay, this is fine for open bowling. And hell, even if you're a league bowler, whatever, right? It delays you 30 seconds, 45 seconds, whatever a case may be when these pins just randomly fall from above with these strings attached to them. But it would not look good on TV. Like, the shot's on TV, and all of a sudden these pins just fall down. I, I – like I said before, and I'll say it again, I just think it would, it, people would make fun of the sport if they saw this on the PBA tour mm-hmm. on TV, that this is kind of what it was now. Now, will these other centers around the country eventually go to strings to save money? Probably, right? We oh, there's no about doubt. This. They'll yeah. probably do it to save money. I don't like it personally, um, but I think, you know, average person doesn't care. It is weird, though. It's very, very weird. Um, how often did the pins fall? I mean – 
I mean, you, per you game. Might, yeah. Probably like three or four times. Yeah, that's not good. That would be a bad look for TV. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right? it, it sometimes takes like 20, 25 seconds for those pins to untangle if they're really a mess. Yeah. So. And I hear you. Um, and but that, that this was the one thing I didn't have to go get anybody. Like, oh, you know, it auto fixes itself. Whatever the case may be, they eventually just figured it out. Yeah. But yeah. it's just the randomness of whoop, the pins just fell down. Like they all just came down. And then they all get oh, and, pulled up. Uh, and I'm and sure, then, you know, yeah. Part of it falling down too is that if they don't rotate the pins around, some of the pins, especially the head pin and the two of the three pins, will take a lot more wear and tear beating than the other pins do. So if they don't rotate them around, then all of a sudden they get, you know, the bottoms aren't flat anymore and that kind of thing. All of a sudden they try to set down and it falls over. But this is my question. So, like, when you see on TV or in your bowling league, right, where all of a sudden the pin slides Mm -hmm. six inches, when that string pulls up, it's going to put it right back down six inches over or is it going to put it back down where the 10 pin was? It'll pull it back down where it was. Yeah, I have no doubt. It's not going to put it down. down six inches where it moved, is it? It can't. I would actually wonder if it would even register as being still standing. Like if it gets pulled like that, it's going to think probably that it's fallen over. Unless it's I, not, I mean, unless it's not possible, unless with the string, it's automatically going to fall if it gets moved that much. That's what I'm going to automatically thinking too. fall. Well, it depends. It, it depends on how those mechanisms work. I've never, right. you know, I've only seen string pins in person a few times. Right. But I would think that because how they work, the pin could slide. And the string is there's not there's not a lot of tension in the string at that point in time, but then it realizes that all of a sudden, hey, this string got pulled, that pins down, right? It's not going to reset it. That's I would think about ninety five percent sure that's how it would happen. So yeah, I, and then I don't know. Very interesting. Yeah. I, I will say that they're building one in or they're going to have one in Madison, I guess. Right. When one of these things eventually come to the Milwaukee area or to the area wherever you're listening across the country, it's pretty cool, man. Now, again, you have to have good customer service, and they got to do everything else correct, too, in order to have people in this place. Oh, and they had a whole nother area separate from everything out of their area I told you, and this area was pretty big. Like, I bet you it could hold 50 or 60 people, maybe more than that, with another set of bowling lanes, more TVs, a party suite, they called it, that you could rent out. So it was another 10 lanes or whatever it was with, and again, a completely separate room from everybody else. So you could have a full house and still put another probably 50 to hundred people in this other room to have a party and they can bowl and still do all their stuff. Yeah. Now that you had a chance to bowl on it and a chance to look at it, my, my big question all week was, is, is this something that you think league bowlers would be able to get used to? Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Because I don't think, I mean, look, we're going to complain, but let's face facts. Everybody complains about everything. Um, right. So that's not going to change. Everybody has a beef about something. They have a beef about the oil pattern. They have a right. beef about the ball return. They have a beef. Right. Everybody's going to complain about something. This is how it works, right, in all aspects of life. So, yes, people are going to complain that the pins randomly fall down or whatever the case may be. Uh, but is it going to slow it up enough to make a big difference? No. Like it, It's not going to slow it up to the point where league play is going to take an extra half hour every night. 
Now, if it gets to that point, then yes, then everybody's going to have a big problem because then everybody's going to be mad because look, a lot of people have families to get home to and everything else. This is their sure. one night, whatever else. And they don't want to be out longer necessarily than they have to be. You're going to have a yeah. couple of beers, go do your thing and go home. And if you're there, you know, two and a half hours or three hours because of these pins, that's, that's an issue then. Right. What about the pin carry? Did you notice a difference in the pin carry from like a normal center that would not have strain pins? Not really. But again, okay. we were all throwing house balls. So right. It wasn't like we right. were throwing anything, uh, you know, a, high a performance at this thing. Right. Yeah. We were just throwing a bunch of house balls straight or trying to throw it straight um, and doing it that way. So that I don't know. I, I guess okay. I didn't belong it with a, a real ball per se with any type of real no. movement. But that would be something else, I'm sure that everybody would want to know like does it affect pin carry you said you've seen it a couple of times phil have you ever noticed it yeah there's been some videos floating out on youtube uh recently too about the weird pin carry that they get and all of a sudden the string takes on another string and the pin falls over that kind of thing uh so yeah when you get to the higher levels uh, it's a little tougher you don't see a lot of messengers you see a lot of flat tens yep uh so i off the top of my head, there was a USB-C study that came out because they're doing this whole thing. Do we certify string pins? Do we not? Uh, that said the scoring was actually a little bit lower on the string pins than it was for uh, standard free fall pins. So, I mean, but if you're just sitting there bowling a league or out with your friends, who really cares? I mean, it's a good time. Yeah, somebody might get a good break, but it's not like somebody's losing a major title for $100,000. But see, that's the I thing, mean. right? So that's what I'd like to know. Yeah. If somebody's, let's say somebody's, you know, listening to Spirit Time Motion right now and says, you know, I kind of wanted to kind of open my own little bowling center, you know, 10 lanes, uh, whatever the case may be, have a bar, the whole deal. What I, I would love to know what the cost difference is to right. put in these, these string pins versus putting in, you know, the big machines and so forth. How much money does it actually save this person that's starting and building a brand new center? Yeah. I've heard half. Yeah. That's a big half number. the cost. Plus then you're looking at, a lot easier on the maintenance as well. It's a lot right. fewer parts and everything. Right. And then also you're looking at honestly less less issues with OSHA and that kind of thing because you're not dealing right. with these machines right. that have the chance to honestly kill people. You make the wrong move in, in some of these pin setters, you're dead. I used to work <laughs> on them. Yeah, yep. you know, Dwight. I mean, I know guys. Very dangerous. Would, I know yeah. guys that were even just trying to replace the springs that control the rakes on Brunswick A2s. Yep. And they made a mistake and it hit them in the arm and broke their arm. I mean, it's yeah, they're they're not easy to work around. No, yeah, I mean, so that might be something that people would consider kind of going for. All right, let's move on to topic two, uh, and that is a new hardness rule uh, coming our way for the PBA tour concerning uh, urethane bowling balls. Dwight Albrecht has studied this up on behalf of the show. Uh, all right, Dwight, so what do we got? Yeah, so Neil Stremel, uh, I actually saw it on BowlersMart.com on Facebook. They listed a whole four or five page article that Neil Strummel has done in Neil's offices actually inside Bolero. Um, and he has done a, I guess now the, all the equipment is there and he's done now this long study on the softness of urethane balls. And um, the article basically starts by saying that they found with today's urethanes that the harness actually drops in 10 shots. Um, on some, not all. On, on, some, on dry lanes. On yeah. yeah. On dry lanes. So the article talked about dry lanes, and I thought right away, well, dry lanes creates heat, and that could obviously soften the ball from just the heat. Uh, when a ball is rolling on oil, the oil is a lubricant, so that could keep the hardness at bay. So Phil's right, it's on certain lane conditions. But the study basically went on to say 
that after all his testing, they found that it's about a three to five degree uh, softness on a urethane bowling ball, uh, what they're testing. So they, January 1st, 2024, they want to submit the hardness of a bowling ball right now for only the PBA to 78 degrees hardness, seeing if the hardness drops five degrees, that it would still be legal at the 73 degree hardness. Um, where Neil talks about in the article, the word hardness or um, fairness came up several different times. Is it fair to the industry? Is it fair to the manufacturers, which Neil talks in the article is partners of the PBA. So obviously, I don't think a lot of bowlers know out there that uh, the pro ball manufacturers are big sponsors of the PBA and have been for many, many years. And then, of course, he said, is it fair to the bowlers also? So uh, Phil and I have had a small talk about this. And my question, obviously, out there is, is the manufacturer is going to make balls just for the PBA for now and allow the league bowlers to use the balls that are currently at the 73-degree hardness. Well, that's the one thing everybody's got to keep in mind. This is just the PBA. Don't freak out for right. your leagues at home. Don't freak out for your USBC tournaments and that kind of thing, your city tournament, your state tournament. This is just the PBA Tour, the PBA Regional Tour, the PBA 50. Even the PBA Junior is going to have to deal with this urethane or urethane-like hardness role. So everybody else, don't worry about it. You can yes. throw your purple hammer from 2019 and everything else. It's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. So, And, you know, really the basis is, is that if you go back in the day when urethane first came out, right. Most of those bowling balls anyway were 77 or 78 hardness, Dwight. They weren't yep. 73. They weren't 72 because they wanted these balls used on the PBA Tour. So your AMF angles back in the day when the PBA said hardness had to be 75. Remember back in the day it was ABC was 72 and the PBA was 75. They made these urethane balls at a 77, 78 hardness. They've done it before. They'll do it again and they'll still find a way to make these balls Hook almost as much as they do at these other, you know, and it's not even the hook. It's how they grab the lane. The footprint of the ball is really right, the, footprint, the thing with the right. softness. Yeah, it's not how much they hook. It's about how much they can kind of even out the pattern with a bigger footprint. And so, it's going to prevent these bigger footprint balls from being 68 hardness or, or what they're dropping down to. Right. Yeah. So hold on a second here. I want to get clarification. Sure. So Dwight, you said, <laughs> well, these will be just for the PBA bowlers. Then as Phil talked, He's talking PBA regionals. He even brought up the PBA junior leagues. So now you're talking about kids bowling. They can't just do it for the PBA bowlers, can they? I mean, how is that going to work? Like, sure. I, I think they're going to have to kind of redo the balls for everybody. They go to these pro shops, and then there'll have to be some type of sticker on there, you know, new PBA guideline uh, urethane bowling ball or whatever the case may be, unless you're going to create separate websites for everybody that bowls on the PBA league so Brunswick would have a special section, PBA-approved bowling balls that you can order straight from the Brunswick website and essentially take you guys all out. But the pro shots just get eliminated, and all these bowlers that are bowling on these tours would have to go to the website to order them um, and then get drilled at their local pro shop. I mean, I guess that would be the other way to do it if you didn't want to you know, do a brand-new batch of bowling balls for everybody across the country if you just wanted to do it just for those bowlers. Me personally – I think it makes a lot more sense to do a brand new batch for everybody. All the pro shops, all the stores get all the new balls. You just put on there, you know, accordance to new PBA rule guidelines, uh, this qualifies or whatever, yeah. uh, kind of going forward. And then yeah. if league bowlers want to bowl with them, they can. If they don't, they don't have to. But at least then now everybody has a chance to go to the their pro shop and get the ball versus 
having to order it online or something. Well, with the touring players, actually, I would assume a lot of them either drill their own stuff in the basement. Most of them will go to the truck and have it drilled on the truck. Um, and I can see the ball manufacturers maybe changing the color of the pin or the color of the label and coming out with two different of the same model ball. Let's take Purple Hammer, which is such a popular ball. And then, then the pin color could be one for the current no. role, and then a pin color could be one for the PBA. No way. I don't think so. I, maybe I'll be dead wrong on this. They're going to go completely to the PBA rule and be done with it. There's not going to be any more of the other one. USB-C I, following what the PBA is doing. Well, they don't have to follow it but because those will be the balls that will be for sale. They don't have to change the rule. But right. if all these ball manufacturers go, we're all changing to what the PBA rule is, and all these balls going forward now follow that guideline, USB-C doesn't have to say anything because there's only going to be one kind of ball that you can essentially roll in there. I mean, I guess yeah. you could put the rule in technically – just to make sure guys aren't bowling like Phil said with balls from 2019 or something. Yeah. If you want to make it official, but I don't think they'll move on it until this ball is able to be bought for a good year or so or two years. And then maybe USBC will make a move. Here's the confusing part for me. And Phil was Phil bold in that era also of urethane and urethane came on the scene 1981 to 1992. It's still obviously out, but in that era, what, and that was my era was urethane. Um, what we saw with urethane, um, and I don't know if it changed that much uh, over the years and the decades, is urethane was very aggressive out of the box and then died very instantly. We found that uh, we couldn't maintain the hook on the urethane balls in the 80s and 90s, let's say past 20 games. You could try to sand it up, but you didn't get the same reaction as what it was when it was fresh out of the box. So when the pitch blacks came onto the scene years ago, I asked our storm rep at the time, maybe he didn't give me the correct information. I said, what urethane are you guys putting in your pitch blacks? And he said, the Columbia 300 black UDOT urethane. Well, black UDOTs died in 20 to 30 games in terms of their hook. Um, they lost their hook. And when they lost their hook, you lost your area on the lane. Urethane out of the box in the 80s and 90s was amazingly strong. So it's like it's reversed. Uh, today. Now they're saying the older the ball gets, the more the ball hooks because of the degrees of hardness that it's dropping. It's not necessarily the hook. It's the footprint, Dwight. It's the how the ball is able to grab the lane and like skip in like oil patterns where it kind of smooths out the, the over under. Remember these guys on tour, when they open up a lane, it's one or two boards. I mean, it's not a ton yes. you know, when they cliff a lane. So if they're playing where that lane's kind of cliffed with the urethane and it's only that one or two boards, you're not going to see a lot of different hook or that kind of thing. But if it makes a bigger footprint, it smooths out, or all of a sudden they tug it a little into the oil and it stays online. And they get it out a little bit to the to the outside and it, it comes back in just a little bit harder. That's where that footprint's coming into play, and that's where the differences compete nowadays compared to what it was most likely back in the 90s. Okay. So, so it's the footprint of the ball, not necessarily the hardness of the ball. It's really, you know, it, they work together because obviously with the durometer readings. Right. So right. they're looking at controlling that footprint of the ball. And the easiest way to do that, bring the harness back up to what they saw in the 90s. I think with the modern urethane formulations, you're not going to see ball death like you did back then. I think the manufacturers are going to find a way to make sure if you keep a fresh surface and you clean that cover and you get the oil off the ball, it's not going to die. That's why those chamois are so important to the pros yes. when they use urethane because it gets all yep. that oil because it doesn't absorb it in the ball. Yeah, we didn't have chamois so, in the 90s. Right. So yeah. it doesn't absorb it in the ball, and then they get it, they, they keep a fresh surface. So, uh, yeah, I, I, the, 
the manufacturers are going to make it work. There's already manufacturers out there, Swag Bowling. I know a lot of people aren't familiar with it. They're a PBA product registered company, yeah. and their urethanes are already at 78 hardness. So they have a new one that just got introduced called the Buffalo, and it's 78 yeah. hardness. So Swag Bowling's got no problem, you know, right there. The other manufacturers, they'll get there too. And, you know, it's pretty much like everything else. You know, Joe League Bowler is not going to see a lot of difference on the equipment that's getting in their hands. Went from right. 72 to 73 a couple of years ago. What changed for the League Bowler? Absolutely nothing. You know, it, it's going to be this way too. Okay, so. uh, I hear you. All right, let's move on to, uh, to the third and final topic. Uh, PBA League Draft is coming up right. on Bold TV, coming up on July 18th uh, at 1 in the afternoon. It'll be streamed live on Bold TV. Uh, as the press release says, the draft will begin with each of the 10 team managers in reverse order of the finish last year, announcing up to three protected players on the rosters. Unprotected players uh, will move to the list of draft-eligible players, which is made up of the top 75 players in 2023 PBA Tour points who aren't already on PBA League rosters. After all 10 teams announce their protected players, the two-round snake draft begins, and the teams will fill out their five-player rosters. If any team chooses to protect fewer than three players, additional rounds will be added to the snake draft until all teams have five eligible players on their roster. Teams will be able to trade players until the trade deadline of July 28th. So you get essentially 11 days uh, to, or 10 days, 10 days uh, to make trades after uh, you're all set. And then rosters will be final for competition uh, in September. Okay. So this obviously will be bowling this uh, in Portland, Maine, bowling Kevin, Bayside Bowl, coming up September 24th to 27th on FS1. Draft order as of now. Uh, Kingpins with Carolyn Dor- uh, Doran Ballard uh, as the manager there. Silver Lake Adam Splitters with Mark Baker, LAX with Andrew Kane, Chicago Breeze with Jason Couch, <clears throat> Motown Muscle with Del Ballard Jr., uh, Waco Wonders, Johnny Petraglia, the Milwaukee Pounders uh, with Marshall Holman, the Las Vegas High Rollers, Amaletto Monticelli, Dallas Strikers, Norm Duke, and the Portland Lumberjacks uh, with Tim Mack. Uh, are that's your round one, uh, and those are the managers going forward. So let's do this. I'm going to ask you guys, I'm going to go over each team, and you tell me uh, what three guys you would save or less than three guys that you would save kind of going forward. New York City Kingpins, Pete Weber, Marshall Kent, Darren Tang, Kyle Sherman, Michael Tang, uh, as when, uh, but – uh, Matt Sanders replaced Sherman, who was out uh, due to injury. But those are your guys. Uh, go ahead, Phil. Who? What three guys are you keeping if you're keeping three? Darren Tang, Marshall Kent, and Cal uh, Sherman, for sure. Yeah. So we I, I agree, agree, not Pete Weber. Pete's done. Yeah, Pete walked off the lanes last year in Portland. I was there. Pete walked off the lanes, and he said he was done. He won't be coming back. So those three are good enough to keep. You wouldn't throw one of those other three guys back and take a gamble that you could get somebody better in the redraft. No. All right. No, I'm happy with I'm happy with the, the holding on to those three guys. Yeah, me too. All right. Silver Lake Adam Splitters, Jesper Svensson, Tom Doherty, Chris Vi, DJ Archer, Brandon Novak. Phil, what say you? Svensson, Vi, Archer. I let Doherty's having wrist issues. Uh, injury plagued. He's been down to 14 pounds uh, for his equipment as well, trying yeah. to just get past the injuries and stuff. So I'm I'm letting Doherty go, and I'm letting Novak go. Uh, throw those names at me one more time, Sparky. Spenson, yep. Doherty, Vi, Archer, Novak. 
Yeah, I, I have to go with Archer just because of his experience. Of course, Jesper and Vi is no-brainer stuff. Um, Novak's got that really crazy uh, loopy arm swing. Um, I think a lot of people would enjoy seeing him on TV, and he's one of those guys that are trying to break through. Um, but you got to go with Archer just because of how many times he's been on TV. Uh, Brandon Novak, how many times has he been on TV? One, two? That's good. I like the strategy. I like the strategy. And for me, I go Svensson, and I go Vi, and I throw the other three back uh, and see what happens. I, I, I'm not – see, for again, I, I don't go into this thinking I have to keep three. I go into right. this thinking who are my top guys, and are they better than anybody I can get? I'm not convinced you can't get as good or better than Archer at this point uh, in the region. That's a good point. LAX, Belmonte, Buttriff. Stu Williams, Chris Barnes, Martin Larson. Good luck. Have at it. Go ahead. Who, who do you like, Phil? I'm holding Belmo. I'm holding Buttruff, and I'm holding yep. Stu. I got to hold Stu. That's the tough over one. Barnes. The first two are easy. No I'll bring Belmonte and Buttruff. Yeah. Then what? All right. What do you say, yeah. Dwight? Same. Exactly the same. Buttruff and Belmo, no brainer. That's a strong team, especially if they can get a couple other big names in there. And then who's your third, did you say? Barnes uh, I, or Stu? Stu would be my third. Man, it's not it. If Barnes doesn't get redrafted, to not have Barnes or Pete Weber that's, for TV? Well, well, that's the thing for LAX. They're, what, third in the draft, fourth in the draft, so yeah. they'll be able to pick him up back pretty quick. That's the one thing with these early picks. It's when you get down to teams like Dallas and, uh, yes. and Portland that are going to be, who do you let go. Not as right. much Dallas this year, obviously, because Norm's retired. So, And I just saw Chris Barnes shot 300 uh, his first game on the LBC, Phil. You probably were calling that. Yeah, we were there on the call, yeah. yeah. So he's still sharp, yeah. Uh, all right, Chicago Breeze, Jason Couch. Dom Barrett, Tom Smallwood, Sean Maldonado, Nick Pate, and Jake Peters. What say you, Dwight? Barrett, Smallwood, Maldonado, Pate, and Peters. Oh, uh, well, Barrett for sure. Uh, probably Smallwood. Uh, the other three are real iffy. So uh, those two, and then you're throwing back the other three? I would, yep. Um, I'm with you. All right, what say you, Phil? I'm holding Barrett, I'm holding Maldonado, and I'm holding Peters. I'm throwing Smallwood. Is, is Maldonado healthy? Because he had back yeah, issues. Malda, yeah, Maldonado's healthy. He's healthier than Smallwood is right now. I mean, Smallwood had oh, to withdraw from hurt. W. Yeah, well, Smallwood had to withdraw from WSOB because of a foot issue. Uh, he's been fighting that for a bit. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, it's one of those things where you could go either way with, you know, either throwing back Smallwood or Peters. But, but Jake, that, Jake but had so a pretty solid year. It was a little under the radar, but Jake had a pretty solid year. Yeah, that's, that's but that's right. a solid point that. Again, obviously, I'm not in completely in the loop on is the health of all these guys. Yeah. And right. it, as the manager, that's got to play into it. Hey, man, love you, but you're hurt. So you're right. going back in. I got to take somebody that I know is going to be there and be able to bowl. Right. That's part of it. Uh, Motown Muscle, EJ Tackett, <laughs> Anthony Simonson, Brad Miller, uh, Kevin Williams, and who is this other one? Mitch Hoopy? Is that how you say his name? Mitch Hoopy, yeah. The, okay, yeah. Yeah, him and Packy teamed up for the doubles win in the Roth Home and Doubles. All right, so back. who do you got there? Obviously, Tackett and Simonson. Yeah. And who's your third, Phil? Kevin Williams. Kevin Williams. And yeah. you, Mr. Dwight? Yeah, I, I think Williams had a big year, but yeah. I like Mitch Hupy's game. Hupy threw a lot of strikes at, uh, at Portland, Maine a couple of years ago uh, on TV and was like one of the stars of the show. 
Yeah, uh, Yupe's got a. He was part of Portland when they won one of the one of the three titles recently. So, guy's got a lot of hand yeah. for using the stump. So that factors into it too, probably right. As far as how do you bowl in that in that center? In that center. How center. Did you bowl before, yeah. right? Well, what and here's one thing this year. Uh, I was out there back in May out at Bayside. Uh, Charlie Mitchell had another tournament there. And right before that tournament, they leveled all the lanes at Bayside. They had cool. bowling voodoo come in. So a lot of the difference they had between pair to pair throughout the center, like you know, lane two was a lot different than lane three. Uh, and they were dra- once they do all the bowling on the old side for the qualifying guys, were kind of drafting that way. Well, now everything's kind of even out. Yes, the old side's still going to hook a lot more than the new side because the lane surface is a lot older but it plays a lot similar pair to pair to pair. So sometimes, you know, everybody, Hey, we want that token lefty because of how they can do that might not have to be the case anymore. So, yeah. I mean, look at Richie still take lefty with Kevin. Yeah. It's looked at lefty with Kevin Williams, obviously on that last team. Yeah. That's awesome. Did they, they, did they do both upstairs and downstairs for well side to side? Yeah. Okay. Topography. Topography. Yeah. 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 One to eights on the, on the on one side and then nine through 20 is the other side of that center. Okay. So. Got it. Waco Wonders, Walter Ray Williams Jr., B.J. Moore, Thomas Larson, Jason Sterner, Parker Bone the third. Phil? B.J. Moore, Jason Sterner, blow the rest up. Agree. Okay. Milwaukee Pounders, representing our hometown. Sean Rash, Ryan Simonelli, Dick Allen, A.J. Chapman, uh, and then Anthony Lavery Spar. I think that's yeah. what Go ahead. Phil? Rash... ALS and Dick Allen. Yeah. Uh, and again, we just talked about Dick Allen's success in that center. Now, will it be different now that the topography is different? But you can't argue with success that Allen has had there. I mean, he's the star of that place. Mm-hmm. Shout so, to throwback Simonelli. Aren't those two like best buds? They're good friends, but I think just with Simonelli, Lefties haven't had a have a had a lot on tour. Similarly, didn't have a great. Year I don't on tour disagree. This year. I'm just saying so, I know yeah. there's a relationship there. Or something yeah. or, so. and that just could be one of those where, yeah, if he's available down at that pick, do they pick Simonelli back on the team for the chemistry? And then if Chapman's left, I mean, yeah. there's possibilities that you know these these original five might still get there, but it all depends on if somebody poaches before it gets down to their point in the draft. Here's the thing with Simonelli: isn't he more part time on the tour? Or is he back full time? He was full-time this year, but I don't know how much longer that's lasting. Plus, now I know he's took a job. Uh, he's vice president of sales and marketing for Bullify Jerseys. So that's going to take up more of his time. But, you know, that helps also with the financial security. I'm sure he can do a lot of that while he's out on the road. I know no, he's no. still bowling a lot of regional events and that type of thing. So whether it's, you know, whether he's going to be back off full-time next year, we'll see. Okay. All right, Las Vegas High Rollers. Francois Lavoie. Uh, Andrew Anderson, AJ Johnson, Russo, and Ruiz Jr. are the ones on this team. What say you, Phil Brillo? Uh, Frankie, AJ, and Russo are my three. I hold. I not would Andrew have Andrew Anderson. Not Andrew Anderson. All right, Dwight. I, I would have uh, Frankie and Andrew Anderson uh, for the two for sure. And then AJ Johnson, Russo, or Ruiz. Well, Russo's been making a lot of shows, um, so. You could probably, I guess, I would go with Russo. Why not Andrew Anderson, Phil? Just didn't have that good of a year. Just struggled. Yep, Andrew will go. He'll go with somebody. Somebody will take he'll be him. Back. Somebody, he'll be back in the league. I just wouldn't hold him as one of my three. And you got to look at what AJ does and the team concept of bowling. He's done so much team bowling. Yes. Say over the years and that kind of yeah. thing. That's just one guy that you just well, don't let go. I mean, right. you see the battle in the guy. I mean, 
The guy threw three gutter balls in a match and still and won. never gave up and still won this year. I yeah. mean, if that's not the biggest story from World Series, I mean, there were a lot of big stories from World Series, but that's one of the biggest still in my brain that I remember. It sticks out like, hey, AJ Johnson fought back off of three gutter balls and won. Yep. Yeah, you, he's you a non intense like, guy, yeah. too. Yeah, and right, Dallas, Dallas Strikers, Norm Duke, Tommy Jones, Bill O'Neill, Santu, 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 and my Matt Ogle uh, are those guys. Uh, and Santu, wow. Ogle, both of those guys yeah. uh, this year have bowled well. Uh, Phil, what do you say? Well, obviously, Norm's retired, so that's right. One Norm's not going. That's yeah. not going to happen. Uh, Tommy may punch me in the face when I see him next Monday, but I'm letting him go. Bill O'Neill, Santu, and Matt Ogle. Based on this year, I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah, Dwight, I'd, agree, I'd agree. The same three, man, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just the, the, the guys that have been here forever just get all getting tossed back in or have retired. It's just, well, yeah, Portland it's the year Lumberjack. that they're having, yeah. right? Portland Lumberjacks, Wes Mullock, Kyle Troop, Chris Prather, Hacky Hanrahan, and Arturo Quintero. What say you, Phil? Prather, Troop, Packy. Wes has been a foundation of that team since it started, but I don't Mac hold issues. on to him. Injuries and such. Yeah. I know Wes, he had a big thing on Facebook the other day about never giving up and that kind of thing. But if I'm, if I'm, and, you know, talking to Charlie Mitchell a little bit, I know him and Tim Mack have been talking a lot back and forth. And it's, I mean, Arturo's got to go back in the draft. He didn't have that good of a year. I don't think Arturo got, I think Arturo had one check on tour this year. Uh, Arturo lives in Portland. I don't think anybody's picking him up. If Charlie wants him and he Tim want him back it. on the team, he'll be back down there at, at pick 20. I have no doubt yeah. in my mind. Just He's, does Wes make it down to, to pick 10? Yeah. So, and then do you pick Arturo back up? Pardon me, pick 11 because it's a snake draft. So, yeah. Arturo's fun to watch on TV, though. Very flashy. Oh, yeah, guy. absolutely. Yeah. And he's great to talk to. And he's he helps with the chemistry. And the, there's no doubt he helped with the chemistry on that team last year. There's absolutely no doubt. It's just one of those things that when you're that good, I mean, teams have complained to Tom Clark before saying, if you win the Elias Cup, you should be able to keep your team together that next year until somebody knocks you off. I kind of agree with that rule, whether like it was it. Portland or not. But, yeah, if yep. you have five guys and they win, you get to stay together. I mean, that's I think the that's- benefit of winning. Yep, I, yeah. I agree with that. I think that's fair. Uh, some of the guys that are out there, I'm guessing Kevin McCune will be the number one pick, would be my yeah. guess. Oh, there's yeah. no doubt. Is how this works. Uh, Sam Cooley uh, is still out there. Sean Lavery Spar uh, is still out there as well. Uh, Tom Hess is still out there. Zach Tackett is still out there. Oscu uh, is still out there as well. Uh, Ronnie Russell is still out there. Patrick Dombrowski is out there. And that's just a few of the names that they put in this email. They put a bunch more, but I'm not going over every single person on this list. Uh, right. So, yeah, there there are still people out there uh, to be had, but more than likely the people that get thrown back in, a majority of them probably will end up still on other teams is my guess. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of sleepers out there with uh, Thomas Keiko yeah. out of Finland who made a couple of shows yeah. this year. And, you know, he's a guy that's definitely – I have no doubt he's going to end up making a roster and – um yeah, that's just one of those sleepers where he could find himself, you know, right back in there. Richie Tease could find himself back in the league again as well. Richie had a pretty solid year. He's in the top 40 in points. So uh, Richie could be another guy making it in. Should be fun. Uh, and again, that is uh, next week, the 18th, uh, will be the PBA league draft. And then uh, obviously after that, Selva, we can get into the following week uh, about the PBA league, who we like, what teams we like, who made mistakes, so forth. Uh, follow Phil on Twitter at Bruce City Bowling. Hello. Hello, Twice. 
Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> Dwight's back phone. Uh, follow <laughs> Dwight Albright at Dewey 300. You can follow me at Sparky Radio. Uh, and of course, download this on your Odyssey app or if you download your favorite podcast ad. And of course, also on the Odyssey YouTube uh, sports page uh, as well. One last thing on the way out here. I saw this and I don't know if you guys all saw it or not. I saved it uh, because I thought it was interesting. Um, so it was tweeted out uh, by the USBC uh, and it was tweeted out by Lucas Wiseman, who we all know, who used to be here and then moved to Texas with USBC. Um, and I don't know who this player is. Uh, we're in yellow jersey. I can't tell. Youth who player, is. yeah. Um, makes a 7-10 split, Dwight, right? Slides yep. a 10 over into the 7 and just calmly walks off like he just picked up a 10-pin. No celebration, no pump into the fist, no nothing. Just walks off. I five to one, dude, and that's it. Uh, Luke Wyman said he made the seven ten and walked off like he makes it every time with, with a laughing emoji. Scott Norton, former PBA yep. bowler, Scott Norton, uh, yeah. this literally breaks my heart when the youth can't even get excited over a once in a lifetime spare. What the hell are we telling our kids about joy? Uh, is what Scott Norton put in the quote tweet to <laughs> that. I think it's more swag than joy, man. Right? I mean, you did it. You're just hey, okay. It's just swag coming off the lanes. It's just confidence he's showing right there. No chance. I'd yeah. be going nuts. I probably Yeah, I would too. I'd be, I'd be going, oh. hell yeah, I'd be going right. nuts. What are the chances you ever do that again in your life? Yeah. I'd love to know from that kid, how many times have you done that? Now the kid right. goes, I've made it five times. Okay, well then maybe he should be able just to walk off and walk back. But a majority of people will never make that in their entire lifetime of bowling. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's not going to be many guys that are going to act like me, as you always used to say that I used to bowl psycho. So, um, but... <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of these guys, there, there's a cockiness to them that absolutely, you know, absolutely. Uh, there's a video that popped up this week of Pete Weber at a tournament making a seven ten split. Yeah. Tom Clark put on Facebook. I I expected Pete to turn around and do like a crotch chop or something. Yeah, he was no. fairly subdued after he made it. He's probably made it though before. Oh, like, a few times. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. No and doubt. maybe this young kid has made it a bunch of times and it's no big deal. No, we don't know. Yeah. To the average yeah. person watching it on Twitter, you're Literally like, what right the now. hell? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so there yeah. you go. That'll wrap it up for another edition of the Spare Time Bowling Show. Thank you so much for uh, checking us out. Uh, and we will talk to you again next week. Uh, and maybe a special guest, PBA Bowler. We're working on it. So I'm not going to tell you who it is in case the person can't do it. We'll find out. Uh, also, next week, Pro Bowlers in town, right? In Milwaukee next week, Phil? Monday night. Uh, 6 p.m. They're bowling their squad for the PBA LBC National Championships. So their scores don't count against everybody that's bowled the last six weekends, and that is bowling oh. this Saturday and Sunday as well. At they have Bolero their own squad at Bolero Wauwatosa. And for those of you that can't get there, I'm going to be live streaming it with the PBA on PBA YouTube uh, Monday night starting at 7 Eastern, 6 Central. You can watch it for free. Uh, thanks to the PBA for that. And, nice. uh, yeah, we'll have every pair in play covered. So if you want to follow your favorite player for all six games, you're going to be able to do that on PBA YouTube. It's pretty cool. That is awesome. Good job. Looking forward to it. Are you, are you doing play-by-play? Or no, we're it... bringing MJ in. We're bringing Mike Jakubowski. MJ, oh. uh, Mike J. Laneside's coming in, and we'll have some special guests in the booth uh, throughout the day as well. So, yeah, I get, to, uh, I get to play producer this time around. So I've been playing <laughs> producer, play-by-play, color, all through the seven weekends of the uh, LBC. So I'm giving – Going to get to relax a little bit, be more on the technical end of things, because we're going to try to bring you some uh, different features during that uh, pro uh, top fifty squad. As you, you have any two dollar as a two dollar bill, he has Phil Brylo, Dwight Albert uh, as well. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, and we'll talk to you again next week.